0: Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day.
1: I'm going to die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. You're a
0: slacker. You stupid idiot! Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man.
1: Idiot! Game over, man!
0: Hey, hey, careful. with that, Ronnie Millsap, we're downrange.
1: What's the matter with
0: you? I feel like a Kentucky fried idiot. Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse.
1: We're putting the band back together. To get it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Gentlemen, Ciccolini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. I was
0: gonna spend the night the boisie, but this is holding my interest.
1: Greetings ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but, you know, mostly just the stuff we like. In this episode, uh, we're going to discuss something we came across by total accident a few weeks ago. The absolute weirdness surrounding the variety of movies released in the year of our lord, 1977. Welcome to episode 38, Close Encounters of the 77 Kind. My name is Todd and with me, as always, is a man who is a basset hound, a cowboy hat, and a cool car away from his very own major motion picture. He is the Cletus Snow to my beau Darville. We are eastbound and down i give you the man they call tim hello brother how we doing <laughs> doing all right i decided to I take a little break from the the wrestling and go with a different uh tag team of a different sort that's right um, and and apropos to our our subject matter for for this episode yes indeed Very it nice. is Very nice. so i won't even ask you to name the tag team because we're going to get around to that oh yes yes absolutely <sighs> Uh, since we don't have a whole lot of wrestling to talk here, you know what we ought to do? We ought to dive into the Weekend Geek. Yes, indeed, before we get to the subject matter at hand. Yes. So, uh, a couple items. So, you've you've scoured the interwebs.
0: I have. I for have. For
1: information, probably like five minutes before we started the show. Uh, more, more like uh, 60, but anyways. Oh, good, good. That's way ahead of me. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Uh you know, so what do you got, sir? Got to stay on top of it. Got to keep you honest. Uh, just a couple items that uh, I, I thought Baird mentioning uh, mm-hmm. that that were announced over the last couple of days. Uh, one of them, and uh, I believe, uh, let me get my sources correct on this one. Uh, yeah, so this is from we got you this... have sources. Yeah, that's right, I have my sources. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> From we've got this covered.com, uh, Mandalorian, uh, reportedly, uh, three spinoffs, uh, may be in the works. Are you kidding me? Are you ready for this? One for the yet to, to be seen, uh, you know, probably the worst kept secret of season two will be Rosario Dawson, uh, mm, as, yes. as Ahsoka Tano from
1: which it, I'm already all in
0: on that. Oh my gosh, that's going to be fantastic. So there may be a spinoff for her. So we haven't even seen her in season two yet, and here we are. You know, hearing about spinoffs uh, for 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 Miss uh, Miss Dawson and Ahsoka as
1: Ahsoka Tano, so that'll be really really cool to see. Um, I'm in on that just because I she was mostly in Clone Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Now I yeah. I came across yeah. uh, Ahsoka through watching Rebels with a kid. Yep. And the character was badass in that, and I, I've I think there's much more of her in Clone Wars, which I've yet to power through. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Rosario Dawson is just one of those those actors that I'm like, I will if I see if I see she's in a movie, I will give it due consideration. It could be like the worst movie ever, and I will still think mm, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so that's the first one. What else they got? I mean, who the else other spin off. So,
0: spin off number two of three would be get this for Gina Carano's Cara Dune. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm in on that as well. <laughs> yes, I'm <in> on that. <laughs> I am buying stock. Yes. I mean, that character was such a. And again, you know, not to go too deep on, on Mandalorian because we've done that already for an episode or, or two. Yeah. Um, but she she was a pleasant that character was a pleasant surprise from season 1. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, it, it, what and, and to me that's what makes seasons like what Mandalorian had for for its first one kind of magical I guess in a way or or just you know, just what made it special was was just that you just had these characters and 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 these these sequences that just kind of stood out and maybe on paper it it may not have looked that way but she she just Came in and was just a, a fantastic supporting character, you know, with for for the Mandalorian um, in terms of the story being told. And um, definitely someone that you could totally see doing kind of a, a spinoff for, because, again, yeah. the beauty of Mandalorian and in uh, and the, the interest of, of these, the you know, having spinoffs for these two characters is to explore. You know more of the star wars universe outside of kind of the main skywalker timeline you know or, or, or mm. skywalker you know kind of tale and so f- I, I think that's that's fantastic i think that'd be be very very cool to see that
1: yes totally in who now who's number three
0: two of three now three of three and and this uh-huh. is this is ironic poetic uh just all around
1: neat oh finally we got one finally. We got one. Boba Fett is set to be. I was going Dwayne Johnson somehow worming his way
0: into. This? Well, you, you know, The Rock may find his way because he he's in he, everything. So he, you know, he he's is, now a exactly. part owner of the XFL. So. Um, yes. Oh my gosh! Which salvaged is that from from the hands of Vincent K. McMahon. So yeah,
1: <laughs> bought it for bought it for a song. Although apparently there is there's some lot some litigation happening because I guess Vince's partners are like, hey, uh, we don't want you to just. Dropping your drawers on this one, like we'd like to get some money back.
0: Make money, money, make money, money, money.
1: Yeah. And yeah. apparently Vince was like, "Just get it out of here. Yeah. Just get it out of here. It's a bad angle. Yeah. You want it, pal? Here you go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay. So as you were saying, sir. Yeah.
0: Yet another badly kept secret for season two. There, there is rumors, and and I think it's if they're talking about this, it's probably confirmed that that Boba Fett may be coming back in season two of the Mandalorian in some way, shape, or form. What? And with Tumeria and Morrison playing him, uh, he's the actor who played uh, Django Fett uh, in the prequels, mm-hmm. and this will lead to a solo project for the iconic clone, Bounty Hunter. He's no good to me, dead. So okay, that's cool. That's cool. So that, maybe that's... we should have put a spoilery thing before this, because, you know, if, if you no. didn't know Ahsoka Tano was coming
1: for season two... Oh and good lord! If you did, I mean, you you just don't care enough. <laughs> that was everywhere. That was damn near everywhere. I mean, you couldn't avoid that. I mean, really. That's and and, yeah. and I'm going to say the, the 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 Boba Fett one. Let, let's let's
0: treat that as a rumor because it it has it doesn't have the strength of the Ahsoka Tano you know you know uh, confirmation yeah. news there.
1: So. Well, that one's been shouted from the mountaintops. That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which let's be honest, that that's going to be a cool one-on-one if if you got the Mandalorian
1: versus Boba. Fett. <laughs> that's going to be well, pretty sweet. Yeah, and I mean all of those all of those are individually cool. Now the problem is there's there's a couple that I would love to see. I really wanted to. Uh, I would love to get like a uh, an IG11 Baby Yoda, uh, buddy, mm-hmm. uh, buddy spinoff series. Uh, I think that would work as a sitcom. That'd be great. But in all in actual seriousness, and I can't remember, the uh, uh, is it Bo-Katan? Uh, yes, yeah. The, Katie, Katie Sackhoff Sack. will be playing Bo-Katan. Yep. I, that's what I was hoping number three was going to be. I'll take Boba Fett, but I, I was really hoping for Bo-Katan.
0: I, honestly, I, I don't know how I feel about it now, now that we've seen them do something with, you know, seen them take what really would have been the Boba Fett, you know, series, I guess, if you want to call it that, and and flipped mm-hmm. it into this Mandalorian series. I don't know that we need to see a Boba Fett one now.
1: Yeah, well, you then, know, what you, know I mean? what, you need to call up Kathy Kennedy. I know you got her number, and you just tell her, say, no, 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 Boba Fett. That's like so twenty years ago. We need some Bocaton. I think so. Uh, Starbucks. I, I, d- Why not? Done, done, and done. Why not? I I, I bet Miss Sackoff could clear her schedule. I think so. <laughs> I'd watch it. I mean, you know, when Disney comes a calling, you, you that's like E. F. Hutton back in the day, like. Huh? That's right. That's right. Yeah. That need money. So all good things there, sir. Wow, look at you! I mean, just some positivity in the darkness well, of our time. As
0: we do these, you know, as we've been doing these shows for the most part every week, there there are tidbits like this that come out that we we never really talk about. And, and it mm. just, I, 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 I enjoy this new segment we've introduced here in season two of Free Range Idiocy. Yes.
1: Our own season two. Uh, I, I love how you keep bringing that up like it's a point of pride, like somehow someone has like approved us. That's right. I mean, we, we it's made just it through season one and, and, yet, and, and half is. our season we were living in a normal world.
0: And the second half of our, our first season, it's a pandemic world. So, you know, yes. we're, we're, we're pushing forward and making progress.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's sort of like, well, it's actually a lot like when we had an apartment together in college. <laughs> for for the first few months, everything was vaguely clean. It was orderly. <laughs> And then just the grease skids to hell after a little while, and and it was just chaos and yes. mayhem. And then when we moved out, you could see like where we had furniture because that <laughs> that part of the carpet was clean, and everything else was a totally <laughs> different shade—the <laughs> brightest parts of the carpet. <laughs> yeah, that was what really woke me up. I was like, oh boy, I've been walking around here in my bare feet. Well, that <sighs> that
0: and the fact we 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 had the beer can Christmas tree up all year round, so that was classy. I that, will. I
1: will. Say forever, that was classy That is, that is Anyways, so what else, do we have any more items here? In, in- well,
0: one, uh, you know, we, we are a bit of a hub for, for Battlestar Galactica, uh, all things Battlestar Galactica And so I thought, uh, you know, why not, why not bring up a little blurb when it comes up Although this is going to be both informative and somewhat comedic in nature uh, so the Battlestar Scar- Battle Galactica Chief gives an update on the upcoming Peacock series. This is from <gasps> BoundingIntoComics.com. Are we hearing from Tyrell? Uh, no, not that chief. Son uh, of I know. Freaking, I know. Todd Todd freaking, is freaking. jonesing for some, some chief Tyrell. Uh, unfortunately, this is not that. Chief smash! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Chief smash! <So>, <laughs> the Hulk is done by Aaron Douglas in space.
1: That actually, that's a badass movie. I need to <laughs> hang on a minute. I got to write that down. <laughs> Put it on the
0: brainstorming list. Get get to writing that. I, I know yep. you. I know you're writing some some screenplays here, my friend.
1: Let's get that oh, one rolling. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm All working right. on it. All right. Okay. So what's happening with the, with new BSG? Well,
0: here here's what the and this is where the comedic part of this comes in. So um, this executive says that the uh, the series is progressing nicely. And makes okay. a statement given to Deadline uh, saying uh, the, the president... So it's coming out
1: like this year. Sorry, what's that? It's coming out like this year. It's making progress. It's progressing. I mean, it's, it's got to be like... It's progressing. Well,
0: well, no cast has been announced yet. Oh. What, what he basically, uh, th- this, this executive says is, um, let's see, it says NBCU's president of original content and direct-to-consumer Bill McGoldrick said... I have seen an outline that we're excited about. It's obviously a big undertaking, and we're aware of the importance of that IP, and we're being pretty deliberate, but it's progressing nicely. So you know when a statement starts with, I have seen an outline. I saw something scratched on a cocktail napkin. That tells you about how far down the road they are.
1: so we're gonna see this like 2023 2024 i believe so yes we'll see like one of the avatar movies before we see this is basically most of the
0: rest of this article is all quotes about how they want to do right by the you know the series that ronald moore did and and they, they have great concepts and so on and is so it, forth, but but not, I mean it's really nothing of substance. It's just that someone saw an outline and they're feeling good and decided to put a press release out about it. So,
1: is it too much to hope that someone just forgets this about uh, forgets all about this and we just don't ever have, have to get more of this stuff? Because <laughs> I'm just I'm so just waiting for them to goof this up. Yep. Just waiting.
0: Uh huh. <sighs> I mean, th- this this is a hard one to undertake because you you have such there was such a fan following from the series and. You know, there's people on both sides of the fence when it came to how the series ended. You know, but but there there's a general recognition that that was just you know such a well done series by by Ronald Moore and and uh, yeah, whoever takes this on, you know, I mean Sam Esmail, he's got his work
1: cut out for him. So I mean, it would almost be like someone saying oh they're gonna make another watchman series like oh too cool uh, uh you know what's his face uh shoot i can't remember his name but the guy who just did the watchman series that everyone thinks was like the most amazing thing ever he's back right uh, uh no uh, michael bay is gonna produce it what
0: <laughs> 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 oh and i love this at the end fans should remain cautiously optimistic in the meantime as no real details are set in stone yet nobody will Gee, know anything think? of substance until casting details are officially announced well, so yeah. and, again, how far down zoo. the road are they really?
1: <laughs> Not very.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Just trying to sell that peacock, baby. Sell ah, that peacock. Sell it and uh sell it well. Uh, now apparently there is like some decent stuff on there and I guess it there is like a free lay, like a free tier. Like you can sign up for it and of course you probably have like commercials out the wazoo. Mhm. But there's like two. There's like a there's like a, a free tier, and then there's a paid tier, and then there's like the top one where basically then you don't have any commercials and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, still not buying it. Still not buying it. Not buying stock.
0: And and uh, one one other one just to throw out there real quick is uh, the the Bill and Ted movie was announced for September first release. I believe it got pulled back to or, or pulled. What would the right way of saying that be? Not pulled back. Pulled forward. Pushed back. Pushed
1: forward to uh, august 28th i believe excellent whoa i mean actually good news yeah i'm, I'm expecting them to say oh no we're it's going to be like august, uh, october 30th or something
0: uh no no i, ah. I think they said uh, something like august 28th so just a couple uh items out there in the week in geek we'll try to get some more marvel Marvely type stuff maybe for next time uh there's a lot going on o- over there as well um of course with the pandemic going on right now, um, new new content is not abounding at this point. But
1: yeah, they already they already pushed a couple things back, and yeah. and apparently apparently you know oh we fans are demanding the Black Widow movie go to video on demand. Like you can demand all you want, and it's about the same as me going and saying I want a million dollars for my bank. Yeah. Yeah, go right ahead. Well, M- M- Mulan's going to be hearts content. Yeah, but but I will say
0: this, Mulan's going to be an interesting experiment, right? Cuz they they're saying you you they they're, they're going to release it first time release on Disney Plus $30. Yep. So, if that actually does reasonable, maybe they got on maybe they're onto something. I don't know.
1: Well, I mean the the apparently the test balloon for all of this was Trolls World Tour when when they released that. I cuz wasn't that Oh, that was because yeah, that was video on demand. You had to pay for it, and I guess it did all right. Yeah, and then Disney pushed out um, uh, what was it on Onward, the the Chris Pratt Troll movie. Yeah, I think so. I the think competition so. to Trolls World Tour, and I can't believe that we're actually talking about competition for Trolls. But anyway, the uh, and I guess that did pretty well, and then they pushed Hamilton basically just a more and more content so yeah i mean i guess that this uh, yeah that would make sense to have like an in-app purchase but 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 no one's eh. no one's done the, the
0: third like 30 dollars yet like this is really going to be the test i feel yeah because that to me this is the only way they try to recoup any sort of money they could have made in, in the theaters by doing this and if yeah. it falls flat on its face then you know that's the end of that but if if mulan does fairly well then you start to plug in something like black widow yeah maybe you're onto something you know
1: yeah and i guess i mean that makes sense i just wonder how much of a i mean do we really feel like well then again yeah muan is gonna make a bunch of money it is because his kids are still home and parents are running out of stuff to show and you can't go to the theater (laughs) I mean, it, literally, like you're you're kind of people are exploring the outer edges of the, the streaming platforms right now. Mm-hmm. And kids, welcome to the 1980s. Let me show oh, you some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when well, you only had like 18 channels. Oh my gosh! And that included cable.
0: Back in the day.
1: Yeah. So well, I mean, I, I guess okay. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. That'll be interesting to see then how many of these movies that. I wonder how many of these movies, if they if Mulan makes just like a butt ton of money, yeah, yeah, how many of those movies that got pushed to next summer will all of a sudden start creeping back? Or mm-hmm. well, I mean, actually, probably the ones like Ghostbusters and and the ninety eighth Fast and Furious movie and all that. <laughs> they, those will probably stay, but some of those that that have gotten pushed to like October, November, yeah. I bet those will, Those might come back towards the summer to try and
0: make money, money, make money, money,
1: money. To try and get, you know, get before kids go back to school or, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> however that works. Yeah. Anywho, yeah, enough enough dealing with COVID.
0: Yes, so, so, so that is all for this week
1: in Geek. Yeah, thank you, sir. But speaking As of always, movies,
0: my friend, we have the topic
1: at hand. I know. So this this was very interesting, and I can't remember exactly why I looked this list up. Pre-production meeting. Well, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, pre-production meeting. You make it sound so. You make us sound much more interesting and like professional than we really are. But uh, it, it it was it was a pre-production meeting. But I just can't remember exactly what I was trying to f- the information I was trying to find out. I think it might have been what what. Uh,
0: I know it was related to Smoking and the Bandit. Oh, okay. We, I was thinking. I've got get it talking for Star about because I
1: I thought it was in 1980
0: or something like that, and then mm. you were like, no, 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 it was like in the 70s, yes. and I'm like, oh, okay. And then you looked it up, and and then what, what? So for the listeners, what was really funny is this is like a kid walking into a candy store when Todd happened upon IMDb and a list of movies from 77 because then from there it, it was like it was all over i i'm, I'm amazed we, we kicked off the show that we had because you were rattling off all these titles and were like and, and i mean it was funny it, it it really was we're like holy moly there's a lot of a lot of movies were you know that we knew of that that were in
1: 77 and uh And just didn't seem to like there was there was it just felt like there was no cultural zeitgeist it was like a cultural potluck dinner yes just everyone brought like it was just weird stuff everywhere and it was so weird to look at like what what was released in a single year and compare it all Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and and i was just blown away by the whole the whole endeavor and i was i was ready to record this episode then i'm like screw tonight's topic We're going to talk about this. And you're like, no, we've already prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> OK, fine. So we're going to talk about it now. So the, the, the weird thing is 1977, I mean, and you could probably do this for most years. It to me just seemed like a very bizarre sort of group of movies. So if you look at, um, if you look at the, just the top five grossing movies, of course, Star Wars. Yep, Star Wars Episode Four: A yep. New Hope, it made all the money, three hundred and twenty two point seven four million dollars, and then I noticed after this, I'm like, Close Encounters of the Third Kind was the same damn year, yeah, which is bizarre. And mm-hmm. then you get down, and and so Close Encounters made one hundred and thirty two point zero nine million, third highest grossing movie of nineteen seventy seven. He's bound down. <laughs> What, what's going on here? What's going on? And, Went from two that, space movies to uh, Burt Reynolds and a Trans Am. Yeah, and so the best part of this is, so of course on IMDb you also have the Metascore. So uh, Star Wars gets a, gets a solid ninety Metascore, and then Close Encounters also gets a ninety Metascore. Smoking the Bandit, fifty. <laughs> so, That's a big dip. Uh, ah, and yes. So, then uh, number four highest-grossing movie of the year, The Goodbye Girl with uh, Richard Dreyfus, Marsha Mason, Quinn Cummings, Paul Benedict. I know nothing about this flick. I do know that it made $102 million. That's all I know. Rounding well, out the top... Oh, Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say real quick, it is telling,
0: though, Like when you mentioned that dip from Smokey and the Bandit in terms of the Metascore, it never really goes back to 90 or even oh, close no. to 90 after that. Like All the movies after that are... Pretty much in the 60s and 70s, if not lower.
1: Well, so uh, Goodbye Girl gets a 64, Metascore. Number five top grossing movie of 1977, Saturday Night Fever.
0: Yes! Jimmy Barbarino!
1: (laughs) What's going on?
0: I mean, (laughs) Oh, Vinnie Barberino. Vinnie Barberino, not Jimmy, sorry.
1: Yeah, uh, wait a minute. Who's that? Uh, I got too excited. (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't call him Horseshack. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Carter. <laughs> uh, that was a uh, no. That was Freddie Boom Boom Washington, wasn't it? I know. I'm just mixing them all together. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite. My favorite was always Epstein, when he would, <laughs> it was, and he was like signed Epstein's mother. <laughs> I, just, I, I was just like, this is this is so like outrageously foolish. Oh my uh, gosh. But Saturday Night Fever made 94.21 million dollars. Yep. And had a 77 Metascore, has yeah. a 77 Metascore. So those are the top five grossing movies of 1977. Right there, I'm like, I, this is bizarre. So we have to talk about this. Yeah. And, and then even better is, uh, so that was also the year of the 49th Academy Awards. You have Rocky picking up the Academy Award for Best Picture. So you even have Rocky managing who in uh, a 1976 movie influencing a little bit in 1977 mm-hmm. because then you have and then of course there's a. a- You get some uh, mentions for all the president's men and just weird stuff happening in 1977. I think just the bicentennial hit and just people just lost their minds after that for a good couple of years. And then just we all woke up and it was 1980. And it's like, what happened? It's like the it's like the weirdest hangover ever.
0: The the only one that seems to come back up to the 90s and actually outranks Star Wars and um, Close Encounters in terms of Metascore is at number 11, Annie Hall, which earned thirty nine point two million. And had yes. a 92
1: Metascore. So there's another list where it says, uh, "IMDb put this one together: 50 movies from 1977 worth watching." They put Annie Hall at one, and Star Wars at two. Then Close Encounters of the Third Kind was three. Saturday Night Fever is four. I, I can't take this this list seriously because I I don't see smoking the Bandit on here anywhere. Hmm. And I and uh, wait, so the Spy Who Loved Me roger moore james bond flick is on there i'm still not seeing any smoking the bandit so how can this possibly be a legitimate list i ask you i don't know if there is no smoking the bandit i don't know it's just it's a false list it's oh wait no smoking the bandit at 37 you know what that's just wrong ah that's it we are marching on imdb headquarters tomorrow that's right
0: and, and by if, marching, well, it's, well, we, we'll think about it, and then we'll just go back yeah, to bed. Just
1: <laughs> mostly just pissing and moaning on the internet, really. That's that's what I'm... It's not, not a real big social movement, but, it, oh. you know we almost got going. So anyways, so we're going to kind of just look through what some of our favorites of this very bizarre year are and then what some of the weird stuff that you can really uncover when you start digging down because it seems like in 77 what cl- what qualified as a movie for wide release. Yeah. Got a little shady. Just a, just a little shady. I like your analogy of a
0: potluck. I mean, I'm 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 going through this list, I'm just like there there is no like there there there's no like straight line you can draw in terms of genre you know what i mean no. it's
1: it is so no. all over the place it's really incredible and i mean it's and and of course you have you have your favorites like there's the the swedish meatballs and there's the 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 meatloaf that's made by that one nice lady who you know is a fantastic cook and but but then you very quickly after those run out you start getting into your jello molds, some of the <laughs> cocktail weenies that you look at, you're like, those don't smell right. <laughs> those don't smell right. I, I think that there, there's oh. botulism in that crock pot over there. I'm telling you, there uh, is. The
0: old botulism.
1: That was a dented can special right there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, yeah, it's, it's weird. It is a weird year. So uh, let's, let's kind of talk a little bit here about what are your top five here? What's your top five movies from this list? And is the requirement that we
0: have watched them? Is that is that the requirement?
1: Um, you or, know, or is
0: it just you're 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 picking based on what you've read or heard?
1: I, I'll be a you know what I'll be a little bit looser on this one. I'll allow it. Okay. Because quite honestly, this is not this is not a uh, well. It's a show called Free Range Idiocy. So I'm gonna uh, yeah. You have latitude. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I actually ended up did watch.
0: I, I have watched all these that I'm going to list. But do you want me to go from five to one, or from one to five?
1: It's your choice, sir. Dealer pick. All right. And, and are we going into depth on them, or just uh, if just... you want to, you go right ahead. I, I again, this is this is a very interesting episode because this it literally came out of. Wow, this is weird. Let's talk about this. Let's talk and that's about, about this. as far as it got. <laughs> All right, so All so hit right. me with them. Hit me with them.
0: So at number five, number five, uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, you put that at five. I put it at five.
1: Uh oh, you're dead to
0: I me. I put it at five. I I, you know the the preceding four have a special place in my heart, uh, but but Smokey has number five in my heart. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, just 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 the uh, the the tale of of the Bandit and Cletus and and. Uh, Big Enos, little
1: Enos, and and the uh, it's it's Enos. Enos, sorry, <laughs> making them like Greek philosophers. It's like, <laughs> ah, yes, I was reading the writings oh, of Big Enos. Oh man, the Big Enos Burdett. That's right. First. That's right. Not quite Pliny the younger, but you know. It's, <laughs> you and of know. course, who can forget Sheriff Buford T. Justice? <laughs> oh. <laughs> There is no way you came from my loins. <laughs> I I quote that more often than I would like to admit. Oh
0: my gosh, that's fantastic!
1: Uh, uh, now, do you want me to keep going,
0: or do you want to go number five? Like we well, ping pong.
1: Yeah, no, just you keep on going. So okay. you're on a roll. You're All on right.
0: Roll. So so number five <laughs> was smoking in the Band. Now I, I'm gonna catch grief from Todd for number four here. Number four, race for your life,
1: Charlie Brown. I am completely unfamiliar with this with this installment in the Charlie Brown saga. So is, this I, the, is this the Tokyo Drift of Charlie Brown uh,
0: movies? Yes and no. I mean, I, you know, Peanuts is kind of funny because they they actually have a number of, like, mo- you know, kind of movies like this, or, or I, I don't want to call them shorts because they, they weren't, like, 15 30 minute sort of deals but they were like you know hour long you know hour and you know 20 you know sort of movies and this was one of them um i just remember watching this as as a kid and uh it's it just had a special place uh you know and you know for, for me in my childhood and you know watching this it's it's basically charlie brown and 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 the gang are um are, are basically kind of doing a river raft sort of thing like they go to this camp and and they're ra- and part of the activity is they're all kind of doing this like race down a river on a raft and so there's just uh you know activity and mayhem ensues as they tangle with the camp bullies so oh so yes 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 so uh no so so overall it's it's just it's a fun you know it's it's Peanuts, it's fun stuff. Uh, you can't go wrong with Charlie Brown, and uh, so that's why I put it number four.
1: Right on. Okay. I, I, I'm not going to give you any grief over that. Well, I'm a, I'm a you fan. know,
0: uh, it's it, it kind of stands out in my list a little bit, uh, but but I, I, I just felt it was a uh, reasonable pick, given, uh, given that we're in the year of uh, 1977.
1: Yes. Everything was reasonable in 1977, of course, apparently. Of course.
0: Of course. Uh, What else?
1: Um, Let's see. Number three.
0: Number three. uh, Saturday Night Fever. I put this at number three because uh, Saturday Night Fever is one of those movies that I I really didn't see until I was in college, and when I saw it, it was just it had so much good material in it for just kind of goofing on.
1: (laughs) Just you know, who are you kidding? You had a polyester jumpsuit as a kid. Well,
0: you know, I told you to keep that under wraps, but okay. (laughs) Uh, oh, well, the pictures are going on. <laughs> pictures are going on the internet
1: soon. <laughs> I have obtained. You coffees. share an apartment with someone, and they just like let all the secrets out. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, I was there alone by myself for a while. I can root through your stuff eventually. But to
0: me, <laughs> th- this this movie encapsulated one of the best acting moments I feel for John Travolta when he's sitting at the dinner table with his family, oh, and. Yeah he, uh, I, I don't know, he's mouthing off about something. I, I'm forgetting exactly what leads up to it, but essentially what ends up happening is his father kind of smacks him in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. And after this happens, I, I just love this, you know, Tra- Travolta like, I spend a lot of time on my hair. And you hit it. He hit my hair.
1: <laughs> there was no way to, pre- there was absolutely, oh no, there was a way to predict that John Travolta would eventually do Battlefield Earth right there. <laughs> <laughs> right there in front of us. Right there waiting. I mean,
0: it, it just had the right amount of just, you know, that, that sort of cheesy kind of comedy.
1: You know, kids, someday you're going to be in a movie with a talking baby. <laughs> Mark my words. It's going to be money. It's going to be money. The <laughs> sad thing is, I think he did make a butt ton of money off of who's, Look Who's Talking. Oh, yeah. The first, the first
0: two were huge.
1: Uh, there's more than two.
0: Uh, yeah, there was more that came after. He wasn't part of those. I think he was in one. Yeah, he was in the original, and then he was in the sequel, and then they just started going in a weird direction after that with different actors, actresses, and stuff. So well,
1: no, he was in the first three that I've seen. Oh, he so was. Oh, there
0: was a third. Okay.
1: Okay. There's look who's talking. Look who's talking two. But look who's talking now. Two T uh, two, Yeah, and then oh, and of course Kirstie Alley's in all three because well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. So, no, just uh, I don't know why we're hating on Kirstie Alley all of a sudden, but hey, it's 1977. It's a fair game, anyways. So yeah, that that is a classic. That is a classic. No arguments so far. Just don't, I'm I'm just disappointed. Smokey's so low. That's I know.
0: All. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I I think you'll correct that that in your list most likely. So I'll, I'll I, I might. I, it's we'll yeah. await your selections. <laughs> But uh, number two, I put uh, basically my number two and number one mirror the box office uh, top five. So it, it was Close Encounters at number two, you know, just just a classic flick that, that you just have to give a nod to of respect in, in, uh, in sci-fi and, and enjoy, uh, you know, Spielberg. Um, I believe it was Spielberg, right? Uh, yes. Did a phenomenal yep. job with this one. Um, so, so just, you know, again, just has a, a special place uh, in, in my heart in terms of when I watched it. And and just uh, the impact of the movie and the story was, was really, you know, just, just it's, it stayed with you. And then, mm-hmm. of course, number one was... Uh, Annie Hall. It, yeah, number one was Annie <laughs> Hall. No, number one was... <laughs> the movie that kind of started it all and kind of righted the sci-fi ship in some, some way, shape, or form, or at least started it down a, a better path than what it was on, which was Star Wars.
1: And uh, Yes.
0: The classic Episode Four, A New Hope. Um, this one, I, I didn't actually see in the theaters. Uh, I didn't really end up seeing I don't think until about 1980 when uh, we had HBO for the first time, and I when I watched it on TV, I was like, holy moly, what is this?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it was
0: fantastic. It was fantastic. So that, that one actually has a, you know, again, special childhood memory. A lot of these, you know, just, just have memories for me from, from my younger years and watching them for the first time. And, you know, the impression you get from these movies as you see them for that first time and what kind of stays with you, you know, especially going back to, like, Saturday Night Fever. I mean, I just remember goofing with a bunch of my floor mates watching it and stuff. I mean, it's you know, it, it does have a, a good story to it and, and, a, and, and a story – of of you know kind of one of those coming of age type things with with travolta's character but mm-hmm. um and, and just kind of capturing that period of time when disco was was you know a, a real popular thing and and you kind of look at it and you're like uh wow did people really do this and yeah they did <laughs> you know <laughs> so um, yes they did and travolta captured uh the 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 air of of that that time and uh and, and like I said, the, the, there's just that's one of a couple of iconic scenes from that movie. And so, yeah, so so these five, Star Wars, Close Encounters, Saturday Fever, Rates for Your Life, Charlie Brown, and Smokey and the Bandit. Round out nice. my top five.
1: Now, to, to a small nit to pick, according to my extensive research, which is essentially just me Googling it, uh, HBO did not show Star Wars until 1983. Oh, really? Which would line up for me because I distinctly remember that summer because I don't think I ever went outside. And I wouldn't have been able to watch Ah. it. I would have been four years old in 1980. So I would not have have watched that. Well, then I don't
0: remember when I actually saw it then for the first time because I thought it was. Because I I do remember going to the theater to see Empire. Mm -hmm. And I had seen Star Wars before Empire. So maybe I did go to the theater. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Anywho, or you could just be getting old.
0: I mean, I was only two years old when it actually came out in theater, so that wasn't gonna going to work I want to see it. So,
1: well, I mean, you could have. I mean, you you'd be remarkable if you remembered any of it. Be disruptive as you
0: you know what, but you know. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, oh yeah,
1: <laughs> you would have had some serious hate by everyone in that theater.
0: <laughs> Quiet that kid down. Sounds like one. sounds like one of the aliens. Oh, gosh.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Pretty much. Uh, You, sir, what are your top five from the year of 77?
1: Well, sitting at number five is the Kentucky Fried Movie. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the thing about this movie is... Oh,
0: man, I love to hear this. Go ahead.
1: I remember, and I want to say I watched this on like USA up all night. You remember that back in the day like uh-huh. USA Network and they would they would just show like craptastic movies. Oh yeah. late at night. Oh yeah. And I just I I had a TV in my room because my parents just apparently I don't know. They were just like, "Well, I mean, hey, as long as as long as he gets to school, fine." <laughs> so I would I've 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 had insomnia off and on my entire life for various reasons and times and and so I did go through this period where sometimes I would be I just could not fall asleep so I'd be watching just whatever was on and mm-hmm. back when TV stations actually used to have a time when they would shut off and and you know end program this is the end of our broadcast day like that actually used to be a thing you know and then you'd have the few that would actually keep broadcasting later than that. I think I saw this on that, or I saw it somewhere. It was always on late at night, mostly because even in the edited form, I think that was the only time that they could and air it because of standards and practices at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But man, it was just, it was one of those bizarre movies that was like, it, it was just. Everywhere, like it, 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 made, it made almost no sense. But I remember laughing at it, even though it was one of those things that, even though I, at the time, I was young enough that I probably didn't get half the jokes. Yeah. yeah. But they were delivered in such a way that I, I just laughed anyways. It was like, it reminds me of when I, when I think of the first, one of the first comedy albums I ever bought mm-hmm. was I bought uh, Jackie Mason, The World According to Me. Mm-hmm. And I listen to that album now because I still have I still have the vinyl copy that I got way back in the day. Yeah. And I listen to it now. I'm like, when I was listening to this, when I was like, gosh, I was probably like somewhere between like 10 and 12. I have no idea why my parents thought, you know, didn't like even just give me a look of like, why does this kid want a Jackie Mason album? He has no idea who he is. And I remember there's this one, like the one side was entirely like, D- taken up two-thirds by this entire segment called Jews and Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And I, at the time, I'm like, I, hadn't e- I, didn't, I had no idea what a Gentile was. <laughs> and I, I, didn't, I didn't understand half of what he was saying, but it was d- the delivery was so yeah, good yeah. that I was rolling on the floor listening to this. And I feel like the Kentucky Fried movie for me was the same sort of thing because when I'm watching it even you know edited i'm sure you know you know how the hatchet job goes when they edit movies for tv oh yeah. I'm, yeah I'm sure it made even less sense but it was delivered in such a way and it was just so out there that i was i just would laugh at it and i t- i've i have not watched it in a long time and i think it's one of those movies i didn't watch like beginning to end i think i caught it in several different segments in in different watchings and rewatchings, but that one was always just a movie to me that occasionally like a, a like a quote will come out and i'm like oh where did that come from oh i know where it came from and it was just, it's just a bizarre flick. Number four would be The Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, of course, Roger Moore, which was one of the weirder James Bonds. Yeah. You know, just one of the more oddball kind of James Bonds. But that was almost like a, people talk about uh, Doctor Who, and you, everyone has their Doctor. If you're a Doctor Who fan, it was the Doctor that you kind of got into when you first started watching it. Yeah. And. This, Roger Moore was kind of my James Bond. Like, he, that was the James Bond who was around when I was growing up, and that's who James Bond was. And then all of a sudden, James Bond was kind of, I I, I was like, oh, wait, Sean Connery was James Bond? And, uh, oh, this guy, now this guy is James Bond. I'm like, but what happened to Roger Moore? Like, oh, he got yeah. old. Never mind. So I, did, I was not familiar with that. But, of course, I believe this is the first uh, appearance of Jaws, Richard Keel. yes. Yes. Yeah. And we, we would get more of him in Moonraker. Mm-hmm. and Oh, my gosh, yeah. And Actually, he was in a couple of them, wasn't he? More than two.
0: Yeah, he, he was. And, and, you know, just to quickly jump on what you were just kind of sharing, I, I'm in the same boat in terms of, of Roger Moore being kind of like the, the – he, he is what I associate to, to James Bond. Mm. I kind of came I, – I mean, I don't know if you saw this on ABC or not or, 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 or when you saw it, but ABC at, at – kind of in the late eighties, early nineties during the summer would just run James Bond movies. Um, I think it was mm-hmm. on like on Sunday nights or something like that. And so I actually like, you know, sat and watched a bunch of those, um, you know, with, with, with my dad, um, across the summer and you know, they, they, they weren't bad. I mean, they they were, they were good movies, you know, and, and, and he was just He was just James Bond for me, you know, and, and I think I probably saw this one as well. And I, I remember as a kid, or as a teen just enjoying like you know just the uh, the different locations they would go to and stuff like that it just yeah. it, it was just kind of like opening up the world to you a little bit you know and like and and just in that bond world uh, you know just all the lavish you know kind of exotic locations and stuff like that so
1: well yeah there's no internet back then so i mean that that was like ooh that was how you kind of saw that there that. are other places other than where you live yes yeah <laughs> wow there's other places other than new hampshire yeah Yes, there is, and that's a sad statement that you just made. (laughs) I
0: know, I know. Well, as a kid, your worldview is kind of small until you start to experience, right?
1: That is true. That is true. So yeah, that was. I remember that being again. Roger and the Roger Moore flicks were were goofy, but then again, all the James Bond movies kind of are a little bit goofy, and kind of until they got to the Timothy Dalton era where then it got it started to get a little bit dark and then they brought it out with Pierce Brosnan, Brosnan and then it started getting a little goofy again yeah, and now we're yeah. back to uh Daniel Craig my gosh oh right actually right, right. yeah the interesting thing about James Bond and I uh, tying this back to Doctor Who uh, uh, aside from them both being UK you know Brit sort of staples of society is so growing up the, the Doctor Who that I first watched was, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name right now because I didn't prepare this bit, but he was a dude with a scarf, mm-hmm. and he had the real curly hair and stuff, and that was the Doctor Who that I would see on like PBS and stuff like that when they would do telethons and stuff like that. Yeah. And so that was the Doctor Who that i kind of grew up with same sort of thing with like roger moore was james bond when i grew up now daniel craig has actually replaced roger moore for me as like okay this is james bond like he has done such an excellent job at it yeah and and that version of the character to me is just such a great take on it that he has replaced roger moore for me as like oh no that's james bond Um, and in the same way as matt smith replaced um, I should look up his name. I I believe it's Tom something or rather, yes, he, you're right. He, he replaced Tom Baker. There we go. There we go. Matt Smith replaced Tom Baker for me, yeah. as as that's the Doctor, and it's it's kind of weird how that can happen, but it can happen if someone does a good enough job at it. So, anyways, not to not to get all off on. Uh, Doctor Who. But maybe that's another ep- maybe that's another episode for us to talk about. My obsession with Doctor Who. <laughs> so uh then at number 3 getting back to the list, Slapshot of ah, course, the classic I mean the Hansen brothers which uh, somehow in a roundabout way sort of begat the Dudley boys. <laughs> <laughs> S- Do get the tables. <laughs> that right there, oh man, is just enough reason to love Slapshot. But of course, you know, um it just it's a fantastic flick. Now, the, the the caveat I have with this is it has been so long since I have watched this flick. It's it's actually shameful for for a movie that I, I have enjoyed and that I think is really good to not have seen it in as many years as I have to the point where I don't really remember it all the way through is is kind of shameful but uh, it's also a little bit close to my heart because uh, you know i used to go to semi-pro hockey games and stuff growing up with my dad and that whole idea of like you know the fights and stuff like that that really was uh, my experience going to minor league hockey games with my dad there was i i remember specifically there was one game by the end of the game and my dad it started out right at the beginning of the game like literally puck drop and somebody just like cold cocked one of the other guys on the other team and the, and they were they they read off it was like three or four penalties immediately mm-hmm. and so of course when they read off the penalties it' was like you know such and such penalty at you know 10 minutes 50 seconds whatever it was like this and this and this and this penalties at 1959. <laughs> Like, it was like, start, stop. And my, I'm like, what happened there, guys? Like, something must have happened when they played last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they were playing in, you know, whatever town, Canadian town, they were playing in last night. That didn't get resolved, and it's getting resolved tonight. By the end of the game, there was so many, so many guys who were kicked out that it was literally three-on-three hockey for, like, the last five minutes of the game. The benches were empty. There was just nobody left to play. It was, I watched a three-on-three hockey game for like five minutes. I'm like, this is insane. Even as like a – it was like 10 or 11, and I'm like, this is nuts. This is not how sports should be. And, and throughout the entire game, there was just fights all over the place. So Slapshot has a bit of a place in my heart for that because I'm like, hey, I kind of live that in a way. Uh, yeah, but great, yeah. great, great flick. And if, now here is where things get interesting. So we have two left. I was sorely tempted to put Smokey and the Bandit at number one and to, com- to like just complete geek heresy because for whatever reason, I've, I've quoted Smokey and the Bandit so much more than Star Wars. And I've kind of realized this and I've, I'm, I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm kind of like an undercover, like Smokey and the Bandit, like obsessive. Like I am obsessed with getting people to watch this movie. If they haven't seen Smoking the Bandit, I'm like, oh my gosh, you got to see it! I'll come here. I will. I, I'll sit with you and watch it for the hundred and eightieth time. You know that sort of thing. However, given the cultural significance of Star Wars, Smoking the Bandit has to be two. Mm-hmm. Star Wars has to be number one. Mm-hmm. That being said, there Smoking the Bandit is just one of the great one. One of my favorite flicks of all time. Oh yeah. I love this movie with such a passion, and it's a movie that you just you couldn't make now if you tried. <laughs> and and uh, usually, when no. I watch it with someone who has not seen the movie, they'll just do this. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Just repeatedly, and I'll have to be like, dude, it was the '70s. Uh, what? I'm like, it was the '70s. It just you just don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. <laughs> Well, I was even
0: asking you about the whole premise of the movie because I'm like, did they really do stuff like that back then? And you were like, yeah, because, you know, the whole thing is about yeah. like, like bootlegging, Coors, bootlegging bootlegging, Coors Light across, like, what was it, the Texarkana area, right? Well, it wasn't
1: Coors Light. It's just Coors. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, just Coors beer. <laughs> oh, just I, Coors. I, I, again, sorry. I, I don't mean to get too – it's, it's these little bits that, that just – You see, folks, I,
0: Uncle Todd takes his smoking in the bandit seriously.
1: <laughs> I do. You, you got to keep the facts – straight baby and it's and it's amazing that i've been gainfully employed my entire life as well just that being the case i'm just as amazed by it as all of you are really oh man but i just i love this movie and it's and it, it is such a like wafer thin premise like we got to get the beer from here to here and it's just perfect casting like burt reynolds Born to be the bandit, just that smarmy kind of cocksure kind of just. Uh, yep, I am just. I am the. I am my poop don't stink. I'm a bad man, and just, just but charming at the same time. And then even like Jerry Reed, brilliant pick for Snowman. Oh my gosh, yeah. and and even Sally Field, who is. I'm like I just. It's it's tough for me to just understand, like, Sally Field is like the love interest, I guess. But you watch this, she's such a sweetheart, and yet she's also sarcastic. And, oh, it's just great. And then, of course, uh, the great one as Buford T. Justice, Jackie Gleason. <laughs> and I, to this day, I, I think if this is not taught in film school, it should be. The introduction of Buford T. Justice is so... Perfect. Yeah. Just the cop car rolling up, and all the kids are there. They're trying to take the tires off of the, off of the van and all, or off of the car. They got got abandoned, and you know Sally Field's car that you know Bandit just picked her up from. Buford T Justice rolls up, gets out of the car, and walks up to the front of the car, and his son comes over and just holds up his hand with his fingers apart for his son to place the cigarette. <laughs> in his fingers. Yes. And then he goes to, he goes to put it in his mouth and realizes it's the wrong way around and just does that eye roll and <laughs> hands it back and he makes his son like move the cigarette around, puts it in his mouth, lights the cigarette and then clicks the lighter shut. And right there I'm like, you know almost everything you need to know about this character. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wi- without him ever saying a line, yeah. and then by the time the scene is over, then you're like, oh, now I totally get who this guy is. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's just absolutely brilliant, and he was just so phenomenal. And, again, it's a movie you can't make now, and Star Wars is, there's not a lot else to say, you know? No. And actually, one no. one other thing. Bandit drops some philosophy on you in this movie. Like, the scene where him and, him and Sally Field, him and Frog are walking. Mm-hmm. And she and she's ta- asking him about you know stuff that she's interested in about Broadway and all that, and then he asks her about a bunch of stuff that he's interested in, which is all like country music stuff and Grand Ole Opry and all that. And they realize, and they don't have you know they don't have that much in common. He's like, you know, sometimes how stupid you are depends on what part of the country you happen to be standing in at the time. <laughs> and I thought about that. I'm like, that is such a great way to think about it, yeah. and is actually like in so many other parts of this movie that are completely insensitive yeah. this is actually like a really good way to think about you know people that you don't know or aren't familiar with or you don't feel you have a lot in common with it's like you know what if they're, if they're here on my in my area or my area of expertise or geographically in my area or whatever yeah they might seem like they're a rube or something but you know what in where they're at if you put me there I'm the one who's going to look like the idiot I'm going to be the one who doesn't have a clue. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm like, that's so cool. That's in there. And I just, I love that scene just for that. Nice. So nice. there you go. There you have it. Very that's nice. That's my Very top nice. five. Very nice. So after this though, we now get into, <laughs> as, as we are often want to do, we, we build up and then we pull down. The potpourri so, section of <laughs> today's oh, episode. <laughs> yeah. We've now hit that section of the Jeopardy board. Oh my gosh. Just to the right of potent potables, yes. we are uh, yes. we are now into what are the what are what were some of the surprises that you found in going down the list here? Oh, good lord! <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's gonna get
0: scary. Uh, so I, I'll be honest. Some of the ones I pulled were, were just I don't know just based on the title alone because it just made me... oh those
1: are all of mine so don't feel bad at oh, all okay
0: good good so uh, so just want me to run through it.
1: Oh yes, please. Okay,
0: so and we're not really ranking these from one to five because let's be honest, these are just you know polls. uh, Kind of, they're uh, they're all number five. Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, So, so basically, the first one I have here is Gol. If I can say it right, Golgo Thirteen Assignment Kowloon. Um, I picked this one uh, as as I mentioned in our pre production meeting. Based on uh, the fact that I actually played a in, back in the uh, late '80s, Nintendo was huge, and there was a game called Gogo Thirteen. Uh, I, I think the character was based on a comic, I thought, but this movie apparently is a live action incarnation of, of this character. And so I just thought it really funny that something that I, you know, played or came to understand or know about in back in the late '80s was actually a movie in the, in '77. So. So hmm. I just pulled this out as a uh, well, interesting. So um, that that was that was the first
1: one I had. Now the thing that I have to I have to confess this because it is absolutely bizarre and stupid on my part. I feel sometimes I give you a bit of a hard time, and so I need to I need to show that how just how dumb I am. Oh, oh wait, no, that's what I do every. <laughs> <week>. Anyways, <laughs> just stop it. I looked at this. I looked at the list, and as I read it really quick, I thought it said "Jigolo Thirteen <laughs> Assignment Calhoun," <in Kowloon. laughs> and I had a complete other movie in my mind. Oh boy. <laughs> And I, and I immediately had questions because i'm like okay is this the 13th Gigolo movie or is that like his title like hey i'm um, jigolo 13 so sort of like you know james bond 007 he behaves and, like Gigolo 13 <laughs> okay well then maybe just maybe it was just misnamed and i don't know but i i saw that and i was like oh this is going to be interesting yeah yeah then i went actually read it for real i was i was i got to be honest i was disappointed yeah so, I pulled that one out just as a
0: a pull from from my past but without having ever seen the movie and really understanding anything about it. It was just kind of a shock to see that name as a movie in 77.
1: Next one, no, I don't think it's on I don't think it's on Blu-ray.
0: No, no, I don't think so either. Uh, next one is uh, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, and I picked this out mainly because this just sounds like something from like the 80s or early 90s, you know? Yeah, where where it's like you you have you know Sinbad the comedian and Eye of the Tiger
1: from The Rock, oh, <laughs> sort of thing. Yes, I would have watched that movie. <laughs> Hell, you know what? I'd watch that movie now. But I, I, I will tell you this, and and you
0: will be you will be surprised as well as I was as I was looking through the cast. Uh, there is one Jane Seymour who was part of the cast of of, of this film. So wow, none of the other names really uh, I recognize, but Jane Seymour I do, and so wow. she was part of this movie.
1: That must have been an early career movie for her.
0: Yes, I think so. Okay. Uh, the the short. Description is: Sinbad the sailor sails to deliver a cursed prince to a dangerous island in the face of deadly opposition from a powerful witch.
1: Wow! So, yeah,
0: and I, I, if if you go and look at it on IMDb, the the still from the trailer, uh, will will tell you all you need to know about the special effects, uh, the quality of the special effects in
1: this movie. So, all right, hang on, I gotta see have this. Have at it, folks. <laughs> so, oh dear, the Lord. <laughs> Appropriate for '77, but still bad nonetheless. The hell, that's like those are like those are like like animatronic lawn ornaments. Looks like it. It almost looks like furry Rockam-Sockam robots. That's terrifying. That's the stuff of nightmares right there. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways,
0: apparently, uh, Sinbad is played by an actor who uh, had quite a long run on the Love Boat. So of course, that, it is. That, that tells you again a little something, something about the quality of this flick. So, Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger was was a a pull uh, just based on the name alone. Third one that was surprising, and, and this is more showing my naivete as a uh, student of cinema. I had always assumed the Island of Doctor Moreau was uh, originally the one that was done. Uh, gosh, I don't have the year, but I thought it was in the '90s somewhere. Oh um,
1: yeah, the Brando one. The Brando
0: one. That that's. Uh. I thought that was the original. Um, I was so I put this in here because I learned something. Um, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Apparently, uh, it was it had an incarnation in '77 with uh, Burt Lancaster. So a few a few well known names here. Hmm. Uh, Michael York, who tends to pop up in in just kind of odd. <laughs> odd long tail movies for for the video store or otherwise (laughs) um uh, movie superstar yeah basically basically uh that's about it so yeah um
1: (laughs) literally no one else wanted their name associated with this movie they've had it removed
0: yes but all the
1: rest of the names are redacted you can't even freedom of information your way into them (laughs)
0: So yeah, the the description on this one, a shipwreck survivor discovers a remote island owned by a crazed scientist who is carrying out sinister experiments on the island's inhabitants. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. I'm realizing I didn't read the summary for GoGo13. Should I do that real quick? You can if you want. Go right ahead. Uh, So let me... Oh, shoot. One second. I got out of order. Gigolo 13. Yes. Goes to Kowloon. which Wasn't that the name of the uh, place you went where you met Mick Foley?
1: The Kowloon Restaurant, yes. Yes. Although I don't know if they were talking about the Kowloon Restaurant. They might have actually been talking about the legit, like... Region of Kowloon. Okay, well,
0: it, it may have been Kowloon the restaurant. I mean, he's it, looking a little peckish actually, in the poster here, so
1: that that could be. I mean, Kowloon's has been around for a while. That, that, that buffet it, it does people right. So, Gogo Thirteen's originally from South Boston.
0: <laughs> so this is a, and I should say that this is a, a Japanese film. Uh, a Hong Kong cop investigates several similar murders done by Chow's men. Gogo Thirteen, top sniper, is the fourth assassin hired to kill. The, Hong, the HK drug lord, Chow, for Americans wanting the HK drug market. I don't know why they keep saying HK. I'm assuming that's Hong Kong. but
1: That's what I would assume, yeah.
0: Anywho, so that is the summary for GoGo13, in case you were terribly interested in checking out that, that film.
1: All right, moving well, I, right along. I, I, for one, am certainly glad that you gave us that information. Well, so.
0: I feel completeness is uh, a hallmark of this show. And- <laughs> <laughs> and I need wow. I need to I need to keep that bar set high.
1: So. <laughs> so you might you might need some medication for those delusions oh, that you're having right now.
0: Pardon me for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next was Herbie goes to Monte Carlo. Um, I because of
1: course he does.
0: Of course he does. I, I picked this out because as as a kid um, I remember watching uh, one or two of the of the Herbie movies and getting a kick out of it. You know, uh, Volkswagen Beetle was always kind of a, a you know just it was just kind of a fun car you know to see in these movies and I think these movies work for kids I don't know that they work uh, for adults because they're just kind of I don't know goofy but but here we have Don Knotts uh, uh, Dean Jones is he a name that rings a bell I don't know mm, uh, no I, I don't really recognize any of these other actor names so anyway Don Knotts certainly Don I mean, Knotts good lord and his name is character Wheelie Applegate oh that's awesome Wheelie Applegate
1: so oh, I'm gonna go. I'm filing a name change tomorrow. <laughs> oh boy! I'm going to court for that. I will mask up and go to court oh. to get my name changed to Wheelie McApplegate.
0: <laughs> yeah, to throw the Mick in there, huh? Oh, was that was that not part of it? No, no, it's just Wheelie Applegate.
1: Oh, I'm totally. I'm I'm making it Mick Applegate. So just in the to same it- way
0: that you read Golgo as Gigolo, now you're putting Mick in front of the last name. <laughs> I- you're, you're irishizing this guy
1: i well i i you know i'm thinking that you know that's a that's a probably a very popular name wheelie applegate so i'm gonna have to make i'm gonna have to put my own spin on it. that's yep. what i'm thinking right. you know right. just planning ahead, just planning I, hey, ahead. you
0: know I, more power to you and then uh, the the final uh, movie. So so we're doing five, right? I think one, two. Three, oh,
1: three. sure. I mean, yeah. So the
0: last movie I picked out, which is kind of a nice bookend. If Star Wars is the epitome of science fiction done right, I saw this and thought this was in the complete opposite direction of sci-fi gone wrong. The Incredible Melting Man.
1: Oh, this has got to be good.
0: Actually, I'm sorry. I just uh, never mind. I'll, I'll just read the summary from this and. Probably
1: don't really care about the Herbie one. Um, uh, pretty much the summary I'm betting is in the title. Okay.
0: An, an astronaut is transformed into a murderous gelatinous mass after returning from an ill-fated space voyage.
1: Huh. That's about what I was thinking, but yet I'm still so kind of surprised that, that made it through the studio. I know.
0: I uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not really seeing any uh, actors of note. Uh, although Jonathan Demi, is he, is he someone uh, I should know?
1: Jonathan Demi.
0: He played a role in this, yes. Really? Yeah, director a- and produ- Yeah, the director and producer. He has a credit as playing. Uh, who did he play? Uh, what, I don't know a character named Matt Winters. So he's no Wheelie Applegate or Wheelie
1: Mick Applegate. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, Jonathan Demme. Where? Why does that sound from? And maybe it's not who I'm thinking. No,
0: he he's the 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 director and producer who made like Silence of the Lambs.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. Philadelphia. That's, I think I was thinking of someone else entirely.
0: Yeah. No. But oh
1: well. It all works out.
0: So yes. And if if you look at the IMDb, uh, you can see from some of the photos that the, uh, again, quality special effects or something oh, yeah. else, baby.
1: The best 77 had to offer, baby. I mean,
0: the entire thrust of this movie is apparently the astronaut comes back and he's slowly melting. <laughs> And killing people in the process, apparently.
1: Sounds about right. Oh, my gosh.
0: So that that, that those were my surprises. I, I was just like, holy moly. The These all kind of surprised me in, in different ways. Uh, some triggering memories from video games to some sort of combination of Sinbad the Comedian and Rocky uh, to... <laughs> The Island of Doctor Moreau, to Herbie, and finally the Incredible Melting Man. It's
1: a, it's a night, you know what? It's a it's a story and is a, it's a journey in and of itself, right there. It is. It is. So, th- my list is bizarre. <laughs> I, I again, I also went with names. Oh boy! And I I did. I kind of worked my way down the list a little bit. This one though, I am just. <laughs> it's so it's so bizarre and now i'm actually looking at it a little bit i'm kind of ashamed but at the same time i'm not really so this one's called wanda the wicked warden
0: oh dear lord
1: ah uh, yes and apparently the the original name was greta Haus Uni manner uh, i'm guessing a german flick to to start off with and i'm now realizing it, it's a drama horror Movie that is is rated X, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking it's not a full blown adult film, so I'm still going to count it. <laughs> uh, Can we get a ruling? It it might be it might have gotten X for like violence and stuff because it's it's looking like it's pretty. Pretty weird. Okay. Uh, so, a desperate young woman goes undercover to infiltrate the brutal warden Ilsa's mental health facility for the sexually deviant for sexually deviant women after the mysterious disappearance of her sister. Again, I, I just went on the title for this, and now I'm reading this for the first time. Oh, boy. This movie looks shady. Shady. <laughs> shady. <laughs> shady. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, no. This is... And so there's no one of any note in this, uh, except there's a there's a guy whose whose name's Eric Falk. I'm like, hey, maybe it's Peter Falk's uh, brother. Uh, I doubt it, though. I, I sincerely doubt that he would be caught in a movie of this ilk. Yeah. So let's let's move right along. Oh boy. And and we will get into semi tough, and this one actually has like people you'd know, uh, but when you when you read the actual <laughs> the actual summary, it's a little. It gets real shady. So, we've got Burt Reynolds, Chris Christopherson, uh-huh. and we've got uh, Who else we got in this? Uh, Carl Weathers. Ah! Mando! <laughs> exactly. We have Brian Dennehy. They all hate you. Now, so this has got like proper proper actors. This is, you know uh, yeah. So a three-way friendship between two free-spirited professional football players and the owner's daughter becomes compromised when two of them become romantically involved. Huh? Yeah. Oh boy. It, <laughs> boy, I boy, I'm noticing a trend with these. I again, dude. I did. I just picked these out by the name, and now I'm seeing these. I'm like, uh, what? The, what is going on oh. here?
0: Hey, one uh, one cast member of note, Robert Preston. Uh,
1: yes, he
0: played Centauri in the Last Starfighter.
1: <gasps> yes. Oh, dude, he was born in a uh, in in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you guys- and he was in the Music Man. Ah, there we go. Wow, that's wow, that's right. I okay, and that dude looks familiar. So there, there is a connection to somewhat of my childhood because I I remember loving me some Last Starfighter. Mm-hmm. This movie, though, oof. I'm gonna guess the, the, the movie <laughs> poster is interesting. Oh yeah, I'm seeing that now for the first time. <laughs> oh, what the? I mean, just <laughs> the creepiness of those of the of the poster is what is really like. Forget the girls, like Bert and Chris. I don't know what's going on there. Actually, they've got that for they've got that same look that my cat gets when it goes to the vet and gets its temperature taken. Anyways. <laughs> this is Let's let's move on, shall we? Oh, great. I'm thinking now I'm seeing the title of I'm seeing the poster of this one too. Oh man, what's going on <laughs> which, here? Which which
0: one are we talking about?
1: All right, so next one up on my list was Sextet. <laughs> Because I re- actually I read the, the, the I read the blurb on this one and I was like, this is bizarre and then I also saw the people who are in it. Now I'm seeing the poster, I'm like, what the hell? Anyways, so on the day of her wedding oh to her gosh. sixth husband, a glamorous silver screen oh. sex symbol is asked to intervene in a political dispute between nations which leads to chaos. Now
0: <laughs> Oh my gosh.
1: Who who came up with this premise and how much cocaine was involved is what I wanna know. <laughs> I am guessing a lot. So this one stars Mae West, but then we get Timothy Dalton. Ah, one of the Bonds. And Dom DeLuise. Oh my gosh. We also have Tony Curtis, Ringo Starr, George Hamilton, Alice Cooper. Wow. Keith Moon, Regis Philbin, ladies and gentlemen. Regis Philbin, recently departed. Regis Philbin was in this movie. I'm not even going to get into the full cast, but just the idea that Mae West is intervening in a political dispute between nations. I was like, uh, okay, yeah, this is, this is 1977, and of course Dom DeLuise is included because of, of it's the 1970s. Dom DeLuise had to be in like every third movie. I'm pretty sure it was a union rule.
0: <laughs> Todd has that on good
1: authority. All right. So now here's the uh, here's another one. Uh, this one's gonna this one's gonna redeem me here, right here. Oh this is we're, now we're we're pulling out of the gutter, and uh, <laughs> are, are we sure we're, we're heading into a drainage ditch? So uh, this one's called the Great Smoky Roadblock, oh, which. Man now it's good to know that this trend of like when a certain type of movie seems like it's going to be a good idea there's usually like three or four of them that all happen in rapid succession you know yes. you like you have like deep impact and armageddon because asteroids were really big one year you know that weird thing well apparently smoking the bandit was the successful trucker movie and instead uh, the great smoky roadblock got pushed a little further down uh, <laughs> This this one starred Henry Fonda, oh. and apparently Henry Fonda, after that whole like Easy Rider thing, oh, he was slumming big. But uh, the the, oh, the, the weird thing here is, we also have Robert Englund, none other than Freddy Krueger ah. himself, is in this. Interesting, and Susan Sarandon. Very nice. I uh, again because Represent- the seventies. And you know, if cocaine was involved, then apparently everyone was showing up and didn't. I mean, you just oh, we're in a truck, perfect. How can you leave out Austin Pendleton as Guido? <laughs> I oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. No offense to Austin. So uh, this movie is about. See, and that, it actually says this in the in the synopsis. This movie is about because this was written on like a fourth grade book assignment. Uh, an aging trucker named Elegant John Howard Howard decides he and his truck Eleanor because of course he's got a name for his truck, Of course, has one more good run in them, and with the help of a hitchhiker and a few others, he will make it happen. We have no idea. I mean, again, this is the premise. It sounds like the first draft of Smokey and the Bandit. It, it, really. it does.
0: It really does.
1: Oh, that's Although, I got to say, the movie
0: poster, um, an improvement <laughs> from the last couple we've seen.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. that's
0: hysterical.
1: So, now we come to the last one breaker breaker and for those of you wondering that is two words two exclamation points and again because we got to have another truck driving movie uh a truck driver not not a name or anything just truck driver searches for his brother who has disappeared in a town run by a corrupt judge ah. starring none other than chuck norris oh
0: there we go very nice you have redeemed yourself sir
1: the movie poster for this one is fantastic. I I want to get a copy of this, and I want to hang it in my bedroom, and I will promptly get divorced if I were was to Was there that. a fascination <laughs> with 18-wheelers back in 77? Oh, dude, in the 1970s, like CB radio, all of that was a big deal. Yeah. Big deal. So who else was in this craptastic thing? You see, now, you always know it's a great movie, when like you get past the first two actors and then everyone else doesn't even have a profile photo.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like oh the... yeah. Yeah.
1: We have Chuck Norris, George Murdoch, and a bunch of people who don't want anyone to know what they look like.
0: <laughs> I'm guessing. Oh, interesting. Oh, 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 oh. Hold on a second. You'll you'll what? find this funny. I, I looked at one of the characters, uh, George uh-huh. Murdoch. Yes. <clears throat> he played uh or sorry he performed in star trek 5 the final frontier what he did let, let, let me see if i can find it so we can figure out what he was exactly uh one moment and then there's there's one other one i gotta tell you that you're gonna find hysterical oh he was in star trek the next generation as admiral jp hansen in the best of both worlds part one and two
1: uh, can we get Jimmy Dice on the phone so we can actually find out what that episode's about? Oh, Best of Both
0: Worlds. That's the one where Picard becomes uh, L- Locutius of Borg. Wow. So he, he
1: was he was the admiral in that one. He was the one, I think um, And it wasn't it Locutus?
0: Yeah, it was probably Locutus. Sorry.
1: That's all right. Uh, I mean, I know I know you learned English as a fourth language. It's okay.
0: <sighs> Can't hit a thousand all the time. Uh, Star Trek V, uh, The Final Frontier, he uh, was God, apparently. All righty, one
1: hell of a screen credit there. But the one I thought
0: you'd find really funny is he actually is credited in 99 as Dr. Salek in Battlestar Galactica, The Second Coming.
1: What? Oh, okay, so yeah, the, the Richard Hatch. The Richard Hatch project that never project. quite took off.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> so just, just going a
0: little deep geek on there. Uh, just, just checked in on that guy because he looked familiar. And uh, yeah,
1: So so the judge in this movie uh he he's you know he's got some sci-fi roots right on oh and actually just to follow up on my in another thing from last week yes uh, i was watching i was watching longmire because of course that's my new obsession Mm -hmm. and uh what was his name uh fisk commander fisk or colonel fisk whatever he was the Kane's first officer executive officer yep he was in longmire i was like all righty, that I did not see that coming, and he and he played another character that was slimy, which was just great. I was like, I could watch that guy play slimy <laughs> characters all day long. It was fantastic. Nice. All right, so this has been our our journey through 1977. Do you have any closing thoughts, or do you just want to go bleach the inside of your skull like well, I do? Well, the first right question now?
0: I wanted to ask is, how, how clean are you feeling? Right now? <laughs> I, I, oh. Because you because a couple of years, the first two, I the first two not, from your list were hysterical. I mean, I, I was I, crying on this and
1: laughing so hard when I, I, I did not choose well. I, uh, I feel, I feel hor- I feel like I need a shower. Honestly, I was gonna say, I'm ashamed of myself, really.
0: Oh, I, those were, oh, those were hysterical. Oh my gosh.
1: I, wow. In my own defense, I just was picking names, and then the semi-tough one, I did not look at the poster, and oh, <laughs> and then it just, it just snowballed from there. It was just horrible. Hey, horrible.
0: Admittedly, I did the same. I mean, I picked Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger solely based on the name, and uh, not really until we got to talking about it did I look at the IMDb page to see uh, how how. Quality those special effects look. Or the, yeah, the, the but you makeup. didn't get
1: bit in the ass three times. <laughs> you Look like a deviant.
0: I don't know. I think I think the wrap up on this one is is uh, you know kind of the way you introed it. Seventy seven was an eclectic year, and and we we just scratched the surface. And there's a lot of other films in there where you're just like, whoa, Nelly.
1: <laughs> so in a word, cocaine. <laughs> That's, possibly, that's, possibly. I, I think that might explain just oh bicentennial the year before, lots of cocaine and bell-bottoms yeah. just drove everybody just crazy for a couple of years. Yeah. That's my that's my only explanation, and I'm sticking with it.
0: And another thing!
1: <laughs> All right, so what do you got for And Another Thing this week, sir? Uh, my And Another Thing uh, is
0: not terribly new or... Um, you know, something groundbreaking uh, for 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 the listeners, but it is uh, just a, a favorite m- uh, movie of mine from 2010, uh, and I, I bring it up only because while I was on vacation this week, I was uh, on the Netflix checking some things out in the evening, and and uh, you know, the 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 Social Network is a movie when it came out in 2010, um, not just a a movie about the. I mean the, the the thrust of it is it's it's about the beginning of Facebook, um, and and Mark Zuckerberg's journey to to creating it and what kind of happened along the way. But it was also just a very artistic movie. Um, you know the between the music, um, which was uh, from Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I think that was the first. I think that was the first. Um, uh, first time that they were credited on a movie together. I, I could be wrong, but I, I seem to remember that that was, you know, kind of their their first time doing a soundtrack that way. And, and the music in the movie mm-hmm. is just so well done all the way through to, um, you know, just, just the way that um, Aaron Sorkin, I'm sorry.
1: Yes. The yeah. the, the,
0: the screenplay um, was just in, in the direction by David Fincher. It, it's a very, it, it's a movie you watch that tells a story in a very tight, manner and and there really isn't a lot of waste in it you know what i mean like it's it's just it just moves right along um you know kind of similar you know when we we talked you know last time about marvel movies and how and iron man and how i kind of got into the 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 tech side of it a bit you know this movie for for me being someone who works in the tech world was really interesting to kind of see how this came from a college, you know, idea into a, a company, and and what happened along the way, and you know, so so the first, you know, half of the movie for me is is really, you know, I, I kind of geek out on that stuff to you know see how, um, you know, see that progression of, of how he kind of came up with it and and created it, and then of course there there's all the, um, lit, you know, litigation around what happened with him and the Winklevoss twins and and their partner and stuff like that, and then what he ends up doing to um, you know, his, his best friend by kind of locking him out of, of the company as it moves forward. So it's just a very interesting movie where it's, it's it's very heavy in tech in the beginning, but comes back around to relationships toward the end. And so uh, I, I hadn't seen it in a while. And actually, it was a hard movie to watch um, or, or to be able to see, because oftentimes it was something you had to pay to rent. Um, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. for free. Um, and so I was just like, whatever, I've seen it a bunch of times. I don't need to pay for it. But now it's on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, check it out. Um, just a uh, just a good movie, a little encapsulation of, of you know a time period in the two thousands uh, when uh, Zuckerberg introduced the very tool that is bringing down civilization as we know it. So, ah, <laughs>
1: uh, yes.
0: <laughs> so social the, the social network on Netflix.
1: Yeah, everyone's everyone's yearning for the simple days of Tom and MySpace at this point.
0: Ah, <laughs> 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 yeah, those were the days.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, my yes, and another sir. thing is uh, is a documentary, and it was somewhat inspired by our discussion of James Bond earlier. Ah. and uh, it is a documentary called Everything or Nothing, and it is the history of the James Bond franchise. Nice. And I remember watching this uh, a couple of years ago now, and I've I'm a bi- I love I love me some documentaries, uh, and I also love a lot of the behind the scenes stuff on films. So this really was a great flick for me to watch and i have yet to find out where i can stream it without having to pay through the nose i don't i every time it seems like james bond movies get licensed to one of the streaming services for whatever reason this this movie gets cut out and i i can't remember where i watched originally but it is great because it really kind of brings you into the world of the of the guys who originally brought that franchise to the screen and Mm -hmm. how much love they had for it and just the kind of the characters that though that they were and so you had um oh my gosh i'm gonna mess up so you had uh you had uh albert broccoli whose whose kids are actually still in charge of i think his his daughter barbara broccoli is actually the the main driver behind this uh as uh, behind the, the current james bond movies and has carried that on almost as like a as a family business and i cannot remember the other guy's name and i feel horrible for it but it it was just a lot of a lot of themselves went into it to the point of like financing these movies and 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 being on the verge of like messing up their own finances for the sake of trying to, to to finance this this uh this series of movies and all of the weird stuff that then happened and there's a guy who Uh, he has the rights to like one of the James Bond movies and he tried keep keep trying to remake it and of course then you had the year when they had two James Bond movies that came out and Sean Connery came back and then they uh, they all said Roger Moore and so they had two James Bond movies head to head and just how the series has gone on and on and it's it was fascinating to watch and it really gave me a lot of appreciation for the person's the personalities behind the films And how important it really was, especially to someone like uh, to Albert Broccoli, who I just remember, it was really a big part of his life. Was these movies, and uh, it was it's just a really well-made documentary, and uh, and very interesting, especially if you've watched any of the James Bond movies at all, and 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 even if you're not a huge fan of them, the story of I, I think in some cases the story of making some of these movies is actually almost better than the movies themselves. Yeah. And, and this is one of those cases where I think even if you weren't a huge James Bond fan, you could appreciate just how this, uh, just kind of the craziness and, and the care and the, the love that was put into these movies. Nice. So uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in and for downloading. Uh, be sure to follow us on the social medias. We're on Instagram, we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. If you have any ideas or thoughts or concerns, if you have any ideas for future shows, you have any questions that you'd like us to answer on the show, you can send those to Tim at freerangeidiocy.com. Be sure that you, you know, share this with all your friends and your enemies. We have zero to no standards about who listens. We just love to see our name on the internet. So thank you for helping that happen and now we are going to get to the point where i turn to the man who is arguably the better looking but <laughs> certainly the 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 less idiotic of the two idiots on this show oh, and and i say to him tim what have we learned have we learned anything well we've learned something
0: about your choice of movies oh, i knew you were gonna go with that
1: <laughs> listen i didn't uh you know what i oh no i mean oh oh my gosh that semi-tough poster is going to be etched in my (laughs) that that is nightmare fuel oh no i i I think uh you know this this
0: journey into the way back machine back to 77 to to have a look at at the the films of that time to see in in your in in your words my friend and an apropos description a potluck of sorts of all sorts of genres and styles and uh, quality of special effects, both both poor and really, really poor. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're at a point in the pandemic where, uh, you know, as, as, as we look forward in entertainment, there's going to start to be a bit of a dry spell for new stuff. And so, you know, looking back, you know, whether it's in the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, or further, you know, good flicks all around uh, that, that we can go back to, see some classics, uh, see what once was and 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 how it transformed and now you know i think uh you know seeing how star wars had an impact on 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 sci-fi and and special effects and you know a, n- a number of you know levels uh where it, it improved uh filmmaking overall you know just j- just to see its impact and, and to see what it once was and then how, how how the movies have have grown from that um you know moving forward into uh in, into into more elaborate productions and 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 uh, and great stories. So, uh, you know, I, I I think looking back, we we just uh, you know we can find some 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 gems, some diamonds in the rough. Um, you may want to consult Todd some, on a couple of his. Yeah. <laughs> and then you find some turds in the punch bowl. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I I feel like this 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 was a fun exercise. This this was a a, a, a fun look at at a year where uh you know just just the movies were kind of all over the map and 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 we found some good stuff and i i I don't know about you but i think we should come back and do this again at some point different year
1: you know i think we ought to do a commentary of herbie goes to monte carlo that's what i think oh boy (laughs) do do you think that's even streaming anywhere i mean at all maybe disney plus because i thought herbie was a disney property but i think you might have to go back all the way back to like vhs to find that quite
0: possibly Quite possible. Uh,
1: that's my new thing.
0: But on that note, as yes. we as we like to end uh, most of our shows, uh, mm-hmm. or most if not all of our shows, be be kind to one another, be safe, uh, stay healthy, and uh, above all else, uh, just because we we we've got to pay the bills, hit the lights on the way out. I can you the wrong week quit drinking.
1: I beg your pardon. What did you say? Damn! You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out. And don't come back until you've received yourselves.
0: So say we all. So say we all.
1: I mean, that really got out of hand fast. I swear I did not. Look at some of those posters. I
0: didn't read the fine print.
1: (laughs) I, I had no idea.